there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Nebraska Preps postgame with Damon Benning and Jacob Padilla. It's always good to hear the big voice guy. That means it is Nebraska Preps postgame, and we've got another week, another pod, and another couple of organizations to talk about with my main man, Jacob Padilla. Yeah, excited to talk about our next guest who's been involved in the, the youth hoop scene for a long time and knows a lot of people. Yeah, how about that? It's weird. We're going to kill a couple of birds with one stone. So we, we, we've talked to Alvin before, We've uh, who represents Express. We've talked to uh, Cody Levinson. We've talked to uh, Adam Barnes. We've talked to Mike Mackey. I, I guess at some point we should talk to the Elmer's glue for a couple of organizations, <laughs> yeah. right? Uh, Tyler Moseman, who is the big wig, I guess I would call him the head of the manager customer res- response at PayPal, something but, like that. But <laughs> what he but what he really loves to do is fix things. <laughs> He's a fixer. We should call Tyler. Can we call you the equalizer because she fixes things too? Yeah, I'm, I, you know, I'm not big into Queen Latifah, um, but if we want to go old school equalizer, I'd go I Denzel. Go that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Ty- Denzel. I'll go Denzel. Tyler Robert McCall. Not a problem, man. So, hey, listen, I, I, we joke, but it is kind of impressive, right? Like, you, you spend multiple you have multiple roles doing multiple things. What's some of the overlap? that, like, you have to get done between the Express organization and now on the Adidas uh, gauntlet circuit, the 3S, helping out with OSA? No, I, I think the, you know, the, the biggest overlap the, between the two and uh, my involvement with both is, is really just evaluating the, the kids, um, you know, having a good understanding of, you know, who is going to, be at what level at, at what time, um, obviously being involved with express and, and T and E and, and the, the youth program, um, gives me an opportunity to, to see a lot of the kids, um, very close with Alvin and, you know, you know, pick his brain a lot in terms of, you know, who, who are the good, the better kids in, in each class and, um, who are the kids who project because as you're well aware, um, just because you're a great fifth grader doesn't mean you're going to be a, a great ninth or, or tenth grader and, and trying to, to tee that up. Um, and then working with, with Bob and, and OSA to, to make sure that, you know, put together the, most competitive teams that we potentially can on the, the three SSB circuit, um, which, you know, it, that's a, a little bit of a, a tricky thing to, to do because it's not always, you know, the 10 best kids or the, the, you know, the best people at each position. It's, you know, you're trying to, to put together a team um, while you're trying to also showcase, you know, individual talent. And so it's a, it's a little bit of putting together a bit of a jigsaw puzzle to, to do that. Yeah. yeah, and obviously you've been friends, been working with uh, Alvin for a long time. How do you kind of get looped into um, the OSA deal years back and just kind of helping get the, the Adidas program really up and run? 
Yeah, that that was uh, that was really because of Sharif's involvement, uh, and so when when Sharif was starting to play um, for OSA, um, I spent a lot of time with with Bob and Alvin um, while Bob was having those conversations with Alvin about potentially having Sharif come over, and you know at that point in time, Alvin still had high school teams, uh, really competitive high school teams, in fact, uh, at at those age groups, and the year prior, um, Sharif as a 16, uh, him and Janub uh, Twal had played for um, Billups Elite. Um, and then uh, a few of our 17s, uh, I believe it was um, Winget and, and Bratton and Agwuk, um had all played um, for T&E, uh, but then also played for Billups Elite uh, in the Adidas Gauntlet. And so at that point in time, really had a lot of conversations with Alvin and Bob. Um, and that was, you know, like I said, mainly about Sharif, you know, potentially coming over and, and playing for OSA the first year that, um, that they were on the Adidas gauntlet and Alvin and I, you know, had a lot of conversations about that. Obviously Alvin and Sharif had a, a lot of conversations individually about that, but that was really where I started getting looped in and, and met Bob and, and started spending a lot of time with, with him in the, the Adidas world and getting an understanding of, of what they were what they were doing and what they needed to, to do. And um, it's just kind of evolved from there. Hey, I, this is kind of interesting because I've watched this work, obviously, having known you forever, um, even made the, the, the leap of faith to have you um, in my wedding, which we'll still have to talk about at some point, but <laughs> I, this is kind of interesting because you you have this you have this skill, this unique skill where you can be a realist, and it may hurt your feelings because you're kind of a bottom line guy, but you know how to build relationships, like like kids and the people that you work with. They they trust you. How? How how tight a tightrope is that? That yeah, at the end of the day, what's the end game versus? Well, yeah, I like you, but like, where do those worlds collide? No, I I think the relationship piece is is pretty easy um, because I really just have to be be myself. Um, you know, I don't have to I don't have to fake it. It's just you know <laughs> yeah. this is what you get. I I'm you know I you know I you know, mentored a a few different kids and, you know, and like, for me, it's really like, I just, I enjoy basketball. I enjoy kids doing well. Um, I don't need anything from you. Uh, like I, you know, I, I, you know, tell the kids, Hey, my, my life is perfectly fine. Like I, I need nothing from you. I, you know, I'm, I'm living just fine. Um, you know, I'm really just trying to help you. Um, so the, you know, I think the relationship piece is, is pretty easy typically with kids. Um, I connect well with kids. Obviously I've got a, a couple of, of teenagers myself soon to have a third <laughs> teenager floating around, but, um, you know, so, so a lot of kids are, are in and out. Um, I've, you know, renamed my house recently, the fraternity house, because I don't know who's going to be there when they're going to be there. It's just a revolving door of, of people. Um, but in terms of the, the realism piece is, you know, I, I think kids, you know, eat like they, they just want to be shot straight. They just want to be told the truth. Um, sometimes, you know, whether it's, you know, the basketball world, the PayPal world, sometimes you're going to have tough conversations and, and honest conversations. And at, at the end of the day, uh, you know, if those are, 
if you can't have open and honest conversations and open and honest dialogue, you, you probably aren't meant for each other in, in any terms of relationship anyhow. Um, and it's not going to last long. Something's going to go wrong at some point in time with that relationship. So whether it's, you know, whether it's with a kid, um, you and I, we, we've certainly had, had some of those moments <laughs> where, you know, open and honest <laughs> conversations. But, hey man, you uh, hurt like my said, feelings. It, it, <laughs> yeah. But if you can't have those, then it, you know, it's not real anyhow. And, and, you know, and you've got to, you know, have a relationship and, um, with, with people where you can have those and, and it's got to be able to go both ways. You can't just have a conversation, you know, you can't, I mean, there's people who love to have feedback, but don't really love to receive feedback. That doesn't work either. Like, you know, <laughs> certainly, you know, I, I know everything I'm doing is not perfect and, and I'm, I'm more than, more than happy to hear it. It might make me sad for, for a period of time, but you know what, when you, when you sit back and, and think about it, like, you know, if those are people that are close to you, um, they've just got your best interest at heart. And you talked to, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, you talked about building teams and, um, finding the right pieces. And one thing OSA has done for those top teams, they've kind of looked beyond the borders a little bit. And we've got three kids from Iowa on the Adidas teams this year. We've got two at the 17U level with uh, DeVars Whitaker and Roy Bijek, and then Price Sanford uh, for the 15th or the 16th, or yeah, 15th rather. 16th. 16th. Jeez. Don't forget uh, about Dick. Yeah. Dick Jeez. Is, Dick yeah, is Josh Dick. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah I, I was at the 15U level last year, so that's where I saw him play. He kind of tore it up a little bit. So th- those are some big additions there. How do you guys go about identifying, like, guys from out? Obviously, we all know the Nebraska kids, but how do you go about identifying kids that maybe are in bordering states that would be a good fit and then get those guys into the fold? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, in a lot of situations, um, the, that's really, you know, Bob's, Bob's relationships with different high school coaches. Uh, he knows a lot of different folks, um, kind of, kind of points me in a, in a direction. Um, the, the Sanford kid, um, obviously, um, played with, uh, at Waukee with Tucker DeVries. Um, so Tucker was, was well aware of, of, um, Price and Peyton, um, and made it very clear to us that they were very, very talented players. Um, <laughs> certainly tried to get, certainly tried to get Peyton last year. Um, that didn't work out, uh, but, um, but where it was able to, to get Price. Um, so, so, you know, that one's a, and then, um, in terms of, uh, DeVaris and, and Ruat is, you know, really, um, looking around, um, what the, the relationships with, with some of those different coaches, um, and whether it's coach Isaacson, um, whether it's coach Vanderloo and just get an understanding of who some of the more talented kids are in the area and, um, you know, what their situations are. And, and, you know, so certainly it struck out on, on, on more than, more than I've gotten, um, <laughs> to, to commit, but, um, we're really excited, you know, that 17th group, uh, the, that, the three kids from Iowa, um, with Ruat, uh, um, Josh and Devaris is yeah. uh, three really, really talented kids. And then obviously Price is, is going to be a special talent as well at the 16th level. Yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting because, um, you're the you're the relationship guy. I like to joke. I say Maverick Carter, but you do a lot of the scheduling, right? I'm watching you run around the last couple of years, whether it's it's birth certificates, whether it's addresses. You know, just a couple of weeks ago, it was middle names and stuff for flights. Where did the protocol or the due diligence, like where did those couple of 
worlds collide. Did you bring that from the private sector in terms of what you do for PayPal? A lot of people are big visionaries or nice guys and gals and can can talk. Or they're really good with protocol and structure. You seem to find a way to make both of those mix. Yeah, the 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 PayPal world is is highly structured. Um, there's so there's lots of opportunities to to get good um, at being detail oriented. And then uh, you know, if you were to ask my wife and probably your wife, um, I fail greatly at being organized in the basketball <laughs> world. But uh, but those are high standards to be held to with with theirs. So, um, but I, I think ultimately. You know, it's, uh, it's just taking a lot of, you know, what I, what I already have to do um, and, you know, just organizing, uh, collecting information. A lot of it's just, it's busy work. It's not the, it's not the most glamorous stuff. It's actually the stuff I enjoy doing more. Um, I prefer to, you know, to be behind the scenes and, and, and I'm also a little bit of a, a control freak in, in that regard, no. uh, so, you know, <laughs> so, so and, and, and so, you know, certainly in the express world, um, you know, kind of like, Hey, I birth certificates, like I don't trust that the kids have birth certificates unless I'm physically holding the birth certificate. <laughs> so why don't I just, why don't I just, you know, take the initiative and, and collect them all. Yeah. You know, it just makes me feel a lot better. So a lot of it's just my own peace of mind um, and, and doing those things and making sure they're, they're done um, and done to, I guess, my standards. And I, I'm lucky. I'm a coach. I just get my schedule and I show up and I play. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, uh, hosting a tournament is a big ordeal and OSA does it every year. t has got their tournaments they've been hosting for years. What all goes into, like, what are some of the challenges? What goes into hosting a tournament with, we've got so many, so many teams, so many like levels of competition um, and to pull that off week in and week out, that's got to be tough for everybody involved. Yeah. Behind the scenes, what are we missing? Right. When people just show up to a tournament and we play, like I know some of the horror stories with like scheduling and teams and, and getting fees. Like what are we missing generally behind the scenes of how hard it is to pull off? Yeah, I, the easiest three days of hosting a tournament is, is the tournament weekend. That's like, hey, we, we've made it. This is easy now. Now are the refs going to show up, right? I mean, that's it Like at, at that point in time. The, the challenging part is, uh, you know, like you had mentioned, getting teams in the, in the right levels. Um, that's really important. And, you know, it's not just – and the way I look at that, that's not just like a one-year mistake. Uh if, and especially when you're looking at younger ages, if you ha- if kids, parents um, have bad experiences, they're not going to come back and, and play again or not want to. And, you know, you're continuing to, you know, whether it's OSA or, or T&E, you continue to want to have a great tournament. You want to have a full field, all of, all of those things. And so you want everybody to have a good experience. Um, and so level of play is, is very important in that. And then scheduling is scheduling is just, you know, can be a nightmare. Um, you know, you get a lot of folks who, you know, you've got te- guys who coach multiple teams. So that's, you know, a challenge. Um, but the worst is 
you, you put out the, the draft of the schedule and, the, and you get the, the email back like, oh, I forgot to tell you about my 17 conflicts and I can actually only play in this one hour window on Saturday and then maybe I could squeeze in these two, like, like why are you even in the tournament? You know, like, like, like how, you know, so, and, and then you're trying to overlap that with, you know, somebody who's, uh, who's, you know, and they're in a division where, where somebody has the exact opposite schedule. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Rachel, Rachel, um, Rachel Bloom's got the, what, what I would consider the worst job in America, um, <laughs> but she does, a, she does a wonderful, wonderful job. She is, she is amazing at, at doing those schedules, but I, I do the one schedule, um, for, for T&E and, and Rachel got me, uh, taught me the, the ropes there and uh, man, like she's, she's, She's amazing at it. Yeah, I'll echo that for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, obviously, last year, with over the last year, honestly, uh, with the pandemic hitting, changed so many things and made it so difficult. How Just piecing together a schedule for teams, let alone organizing tournaments uh, at OSA and um, here locally, like how, how tough has the last year been just tr- trying to figure, navigate through all the waters of playing during a pandemic? Yeah, the, the, the challenge is really is that things are, are fluid and you want to give everybody as much information and as much um, time to prepare as possible while knowing that, you know, everything can potentially change. And, you know, we're still in that situation um, in terms of NCAA live periods. Um, We don't have, you know, a schedule um, for when they may or may not happen um, yet this summer. And so we're, we're sitting there, you know, just kind of, you know, especially on the Adidas uh, side, um, waiting, and we've got our spring schedule pretty set in stone, uh, but our summer schedule, uh, there's a lot of TBDs on there because um, we want to make sure that, you know, if there are live periods, we want to get to the, we'll be playing in the Adidas events and making sure that the kids are playing in, in front of coaches. So it, it's very challenging um, to, to set up those schedules um, and to, you know, last year, especially um, last summer, um, to, to get that done. Um, the, you know, there's always, there's always things that are, are changing and you want to make sure that you're getting the, the kids in front of the right coaches in the right situations. And you don't want to just play to, to play. Um, there's only so many weekends and, and whether it's the, the kids or the families, they're all making a sacrifice to, to be there. So you want to make sure that you're, you know, whatever weekends you are playing, that you're you're maximizing them and giving them the, the best opportunity. I think last summer for the Adidas teams was extremely challenging. They probably played fewer tournaments than than everyone else, but at the end of the day, there's there wasn't as much opportunity for them to play the level of competition in front of the coaches that that they were probably used to, and hopefully they'll get to them back end of, of this summer. And you don't want them to just, you know, show up and, and play and, you know, not be in competitive games. Not that there weren't, you know, there's certainly teams that, you know, can compete with them, but um, there's always a tournament, but that doesn't always mean it's the right level of competition for them. And um, you want to make sure that, you know, for both, both sides that it's the, it's the right level of competition. And so last summer was extremely challenging for the Adidas teams. Talking with Tyler Moseman, kind of the I call him the glue guy. Some he's been affectionately dubbed Oklahoma Tyler. Sometimes he's just T Mose. Um, sometimes, well, apparently now after this podcast, he's Robert McCall. 
Um, <laughs> occasionally, I call him Maverick Carter. Uh, on a on a kind of along the Maverick Carter lines, I joke. But do you remember a time, and we're a lot like each other, where we can get along with multiple guys that oversee multiple organizations without there really being a conflict of interest, right? Like just adults being adults. Do you remember a time when the kids got along so well yet competed against one another? You see it almost every weekend in your basement with upwards of 10, 15 kids. I mean – I've seen it for years. Do you remember a time where kids got along so well? No, I, they. It's crazy. Um, it's I different, think adults, isn't it? We we build it up. Yeah, we build it up in our head that hey, like you you guys are supposed to really dislike each other because you're competing against each other on the on the basketball floor, and and it's amazing. Like they they have they have no issues with, with one another, whether like regardless of high school, regardless of club team, um, they, they get along great. And I think it's, you know, the Testament one to the kids that, you know, they're smarter than most of the, the adults in their lives. Um, and then, <laughs> and there he goes being you know, himself. Secondly, yeah, that's him. <laughs> um, and, you know, secondly is like, they spend so much time, whether it's social media or whether it's, you know, training at different facilities and then club, like their, their lives are just interwoven with each other, um, regardless of where they're playing. And I think that, uh, Chucky Hunter or Chucky, wow. Chucky Hepburn and Hunter Salas is kind of the perfect example of that those guys are so tight, but you, anytime they step on the court against each other, they are going hard the entire game. Yeah. Well, how about guys like you look at Josiah Dotzler and, I, and another guy that you and I know really well, Tyler and Connor Milliken and guys like that and, and, and the Tate Oddbodies where you're at some point you're going to compete against one another in those grades, yet they still find a way to make it happen off the court as well. It is, you think it's, I know you joked about the parents, but that has to be part of it, right? Because we as the adults get along pretty well. Yeah, no, the, the parents, and, and I think most of the situations do. And I, I think uh, a lot of it, the level of competition with the kids is that familiarity. And I think that's what brings a lot of that out on the, on the, the basketball floor. Um, you know, like if I, if I'm just going to the golf course and, and I'm playing, you know, just whomever, like I want to win, but you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, we'll go get in our separate cars and go home and it's over. But if I get in the, if I'm playing you on the golf course and I've got to hear you talk about it, like <laughs> I, if you, you know, like that, like, I like, no, like you're not going to, like, I want to beat you a little bit more. So I think the, the fact that they're, you know, they're great friends off the court really brings a lot of that competitiveness on the court because, you know, it, it is fun to, to have those bragging rights and to be able to talk to, to your friends like that, that, you know, hold that over them. And we talked about, obviously, Price Sanford joining that 16U team, but your son Trey's on the team. And um, another big addition in Brendan Clemens Jr. from down in Lincoln North Star bringing some, some much-needed size to that team. Obviously, had a lot of, a lot of guard talent last summer. Um, hopefully, uh, can be a little bit healthier uh, this summer because he had guys in and out of the lineup all last year. Um, w- w- what do you think about uh, those 16s here and how excited are you and Trey for kind of what this spring and summer is going to bring? I, I'm ecstatic. Um, I think it's, I think it's a great, that group has a chance to be really, really good. Um, you mentioned Clemens. Um, I think 
he continues every time I see him, um, he continues to get better. Obviously, his I think it was September uh, of his freshman year where where he had the leg injury and I was there. Um, that was tough. Some time off. Yeah, yes. and it's you know so he continues to you know to to blossom, and I I think he's got a chance to be a really special player. Um, you know, obviously. Um, Price, um, great basketball player, played a lot of high-level basketball already. Um, and then the guard talent, um, you know, Josiah Milliken, Ryland Smith, all, all of those guys um, that, you know, that team seemingly has, uh, a, you know, most of the pieces, if not all of them. Um, I think, uh, you know, this weekend, will, you know, we they get ready to go and they they've, they face uh, some teams that have some pretty big kids. So, uh, well, Brendan will, Brendan will have his hands full right off the, off the <laughs> bat. I think we've got a team with uh, as two six ten kids. So, wow. um, good luck. <laughs> um, but it'll be fun. Tyler, when you, you work with so many people across organizations, whether it's the Arena or Express or um, OSA, what do folks what what have you seen kind of be the the glue in successful organizations? Like what are a couple of the two or three key things that are non-negotiable if you're trying to build a facility driven kind of program? Like what what where what have you seen work and, and maybe not work so well? Yeah, I I think the overarching thing that I have seen is that you genuinely have to care about kids. Um, it can't be, um, a monetary component to it. I mean, obviously there's, you know, there's nonprofits, there's for profits, there's, you know, a multitude of, of different ways, uh, these, you know, organizations are, are structured. Um, but if you're just there to, to make a dollar, um, it, you know, people see through that pretty fast. So you really do have to, um, you really have to, at the end of the day, care about kids. I think the other thing is development. You know, there's a lot of people who truly just want their kid to have a great experience and to continue to to get better and enjoy the game. And the Alvin and I have talked a lot about that um, is, you know, not, not everybody's always going to be a top team kid and, and that's okay. Um, and you know, and lots of times I think the kids who aren't on top teams may enjoy it a little bit more because there's less pressure on them as kids. Um, but I think, you know, the, the clubs and, and programs who get kids in the right situation on the right teams with, with great coaches, um, because a great coach, you know, can, can make you love something that you didn't even know you love. And a bad coach can, can take something away that, that you really, really enjoyed. Um, so I, I think those are some of the most important things um, in building a, a great organization. Fifteen years ago when you were, you know, you're wondering what to do with, with, with Trey and you've got your daughter Jada, you know, running around wanting to maybe put a ball in her hand. Did you think there would be this many facility options for kids to work on their game? No, no, I I had no idea. Um, I think it's, it's amazing. And I, I think back to um, Jada and this was, you know, probably 11, 12 years ago um, where I wanted to to get her um, some shooting work. 
and um, she actually worked out with with um, Brian Hoffman of, of Hoffman Hoops. And at that point in time, um, the gym we there wasn't gyms available, and so we actually worked out at uh, Elkhorn Ridge Middle School outside at the park. <laughs> Um, and now 10 years later, he's got a great facility and they're doing okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but you know, that, I mean, that was just 12 years ago, you know, there was, there wasn't anything. Um, and you know, um, since that time, I mean, obviously OSA Stonegate has has come and gone and UBT and, um, Lincoln's got some great facility, multiple great facilities and Hoffman's got his and Mike has his out at the factory and, yeah, I mean they're they're everywhere, and it's it's great because um, the the kids, you know, it's it's good for the kids to, to get in the gym. And my little guy gets out to, to going vertical two times a week, and I'm I'm thankful for for all of those facilities. And you mentioned being in for kids, and obviously your connection with the Mitchell family. What's it been like for you just watching Sharif these last two years make an impact uh, at that Big East level with Creighton? Oh, it's, it's amazing. I, you know, I, Sharif is a great kid. Um, it's really enjoyable to, to watch him. Um, you know, I think about watching him as I think he's about 115 pounds as a, as a ninth grader. Um, and just his, his evolution has, has been crazy. Um, and, you know, obviously I, you know, I think everybody who watched him knew he was really, really good. Um, when he was, when he was young, but now um, just the continued, you know, development that he's had. So it's, uh, it, it's been really fun to, to watch him and, you know, hopefully have a couple more great years. Um, and, and just, you know, a, a, a quick aside on, on Sharif is, um, I joke with him all the time, um, uh, that he's never beat me. We played one game. I think he was a ninth grader at 115 pounds and, uh, we played one on one, and and I got him. And he's tried to play, you know, every year since, and uh, I refused to play. So he will forever be zero and one against me. That's All right, you're, you're you're getting ready to hear the music here in a second, which means it has been the best thirty minutes of your life. But be honest: more shoes owned by Tyler Moseman, or more kids that have been in your house? Oh, oh, that's that's tough. Um, Man, I mean, if we're going individual kids, I think we 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 still may be shoes. I think, shoes <laughs> I think so win. too. I think so too. <laughs> no, no repeat performers. We're well over three hundred pair of shoes, correct? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got a lot. We got a lot. We why we don't need to put a number on it. Right. You know, it's just a buck. <laughs> I'm not giving out your address. We're, you're still my guy. We're good. <laughs> I appreciate your I time. Appreciate hey, so that means you're crossing over here shortly into a couple of other platforms, but why we got you Nebraska preps. Uh, we appreciate your time, man. I know you're busy. All right. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. That's, Tyler. that's the man, the myth, the legend. He's, he, we call, he's the glue guy. Yep. My man is like doing flight schedules yeah. for our kids for the 15s, and I'm like, I know him. Do I trust him? Yeah, I, yeah, I do. Yeah, he's methodical. I don't know how he's so good with people. Like he, he blends it together. No doubt about that. That's my man. That's Jacob Padilla. We appreciate uh, you guys enjoying this podcast. Make sure you don't miss next week's. Who knows what we'll come up with? Um, we will be fresh off the Recruit Look tournament, which will be here locally. Both JP and I will have front row seats for that for a variety of reasons. Don't you miss it next week. That's the legend Jacob Padilla. I'm old DB. We'll see you next week. A Huda Media Production.